break 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 You're listening to Breakthrough News, and this is The Punch-Out. We're following the news all day so you don't have to, giving you everything you need to know about what's in the headlines and what should be. And yes, we are back here on The Punch-Out, 17th of June, 2021. Plenty for you here on the show. We're going to be talking about Alabama's new execution techniques Tunisia rising against police brutality. But before we get to either of those two important stories, we're going to start with the 50th anniversary of the failed U.S. war on drugs. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to summarize for you the meeting that I have just had with the bipartisan leaders, which began at 8 o'clock and was completed two hours later. I began the meeting by making this statement, which I think needs to be made to the nation. America's public enemy number one in the United States is drug abuse. In order to fight and defeat this enemy, it is necessary to wage a new all-out offensive. That was former President Richard Nixon, 50 years ago today, announcing the, at that time, new war on drugs. Fifty years later, the war on drugs is widely recognized as a complete failure, failing to make any impact on drug production, use, and sale in the United States or anywhere around the world. The primary result of the war on drugs has, of course, been the widespread destruction of black working-class communities by the racist policies enacted under the name of crusading against drugs. The war on drugs was started in the context of the Nixon administration's counterinsurgency strategy against the mass movements then raging and becoming increasingly revolutionary in ideology. As I detail at length in my book, Shackled and Chained, Mass Incarceration in Capitalist America, starting with the 1968 election, Nixon made it a point to attempt to link the issue of criminality, or so-called criminality, with radical politics, arguing that the existence of groups like the Black Panthers created a disdain for law and order and was responsible for rising quote-unquote crime in a range of categories. Nixon, of course, then held himself out as the law and order candidate. One of Nixon's top aides, John Ehrlichman, told an interviewer in the 1990s about their strategy, quote, You understand what I'm saying. We knew we couldn't make it illegal to be either against the war or blacks, but by getting the public to associate the hippies with marijuana and blacks with heroin and then criminalizing both heavily, we could disrupt those communities, end quote. The war on drugs took flight after that, growing in the late 1970s as politicians like Joe Biden began to propose mandatory minimum sentences for drug crimes as a part of a major shift in the ideological views among America's elites. The growth of the so-called culture of poverty thesis began to rule the day, arguing that the problems of the poor were related to a quote-unquote tangle of pathologies that caused them to fail, which required harsher policies so as to force them to engage in different behaviors. This was applied to the growth of deprivation, poverty, and destruction in major cities because of capitalist deindustrialization and crisis that lay behind drug usage among the working poor, who, while the most targeted, were not using drugs at a rate any higher than anyone else. Nonetheless, during the 80s and 90s, governments at all levels aggressively tightened drug laws, making even the smallest crimes of possession result in major criminalization. 
the results that we've all seen. Even today, after quite a bit of this conventional wisdom has fallen out of favor, one out of every five people locked up in this country is there for a drug offense. 450,000 people. Nearly 80% of people in federal prison and almost 60% of people in state prison for drug offenses are black or Latino. Further, research shows that prosecutors are twice as likely to pursue a mandatory minimum sentence for black people as for white people charged with the same offense. Among people who received mandatory minimum sentences in recent years, 38% were Latino and 31% were black. There is some hope here, and that is the total failure of the war on drugs has certainly seen people recognize that and now reject it and look for and like to see change in America's drug policies. In a new poll from the Appeal and Data for Progress, they find that 71% of people agreed with the statement, quote, federal drug policies are not working and we need to reform them, end quote. They found that even 47% of Republicans, normally affiliated with law and order views, agree with decriminalizing drug sales at the retail level. Fifty years on, it's clearly high time that the drug war was totally ended. Those were the sounds of protests in the Tunisian capital of Tunis, where protests have been raging for over a week against police brutality, which, as you might expect, have been met by more police brutality from Tunisian security officials. Tensions rose after last week. A video of police stripping and beating a young man was shared on social media. And then a few days after that, a man died in police custody, allegedly beat to death, which sparked protest in Sidi Hassin, which is in the outskirts of Tunis. Protests have been strongest in the working class districts of Tunis, where police brutality is the most prevalent. The anger has been particularly driven by the fact that police violence was such a major factor in the dictatorship that fell during the Arab Spring. And many on the streets feel the continuation of police violence is a part of the unfulfilled promise of those revolutionary days. And indeed, these protests followed protests in the same areas earlier this year, denouncing the continuation of economic deprivation among the working class of Tunisia. And those protests were met with police violence and roughly 2,000 arrests and the torture of many of those who were arrested. Again, similar to how the old regime of Ben Ali dealt with dissent. The protests have been met with tear gas and beatings, bad enough that the United Nations office in Tunisia felt the need to express concern. Friday, tomorrow, the movement is expected to continue and perhaps grow as dozens of organizations have called for a mass march to denounce impunity for police abuses. Well, we reported to you a few weeks ago how Arizona was preparing to return to the gas chamber. Now, that state is joined in this endeavor by Alabama, who is readying a new death chamber to engage in a totally untested form of execution, nitrogen hypoxia, or choking people to death on nitrogen, essentially. As the Death Penalty Information Center lays out, quote, in a nitrogen hypoxia execution, the prisoner would breathe pure nitrogen, depriving his or her body of oxygen and causing asphyxiation. Alabama is one of three states, along with Oklahoma and Mississippi, that authorizes nitrogen hypoxia as an execution method, but no state has performed an execution using it, end quote. 
And as the Death Penalty Information Center Executive Director Robert Dunham told Newsweek, quote, in a very real sense, execution by nitrogen hypoxia is experimental. It has never been done before, and no one has any idea whether it's going to work the way its proponents say it will. And there's no way to test it because it's completely unethical to experimentally kill someone against their will. End quote. So whoever is killed first using this method, and there's at least one person at risk of that happening too soon, maybe even this year, would be a guinea pig and could die in excruciating fashion, which seems more likely than not. In Arizona's last gas chamber execution in the 80s, the man executed Walter Legrand displayed, quote, agonizing choking and gagging and took 18 minutes to die. The Tucson citizen reported at the time, quote, the witness room fell silent as a mist of gas rose, much like steam in a shower. And Walter Legrand became enveloped in a cloud of cyanide vapor. He began coughing violently, three or four loud hacks, and made a gagging sound before falling forward, end quote. And the Guardian newspaper noted further that the Tucson citizen had recorded that over many minutes, the inmate's head and arms twitched and his hands were red and clenched. This is all happening as lethal injections become more and more difficult to carry out as pharmaceutical companies have gone to great lengths to prevent their drugs from being used in executions, which means that states like Arizona and Alabama that want to use the death penalty, and that's a shrinking number of states, by the way, are being forced to turn to more and more gruesome Methods of Murder. That's the punch out for today. We're with you Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. here in New York East Coast Standard Time, 2 p.m. in Los Angeles Pacific Standard Time, and 9 p.m. GMT. And of course, you can support everything we do here at Breakthrough News at patreon.com slash breakthrough news. It's your patronage that keeps all of our offerings here at Breakthrough News moving forward. And of course, you can check us out across all your social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at BT Newsroom. Yeah. Oh.